Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. Today I'm going to be speaking about Elizabeth Bennet and her importance to the novel of Pride and Prejudice as a whole. Now, Elizabeth Bennet is one of Austen's best-loved heroines. Um, she is lively and Austen described her as sparkling. And in many ways, she embodies Jane Austen's own values of wit and female independence. And Elizabeth, from the beginning of the novel, really questions her society's depiction of women um, and their definition of what is ladylike and acceptable behaviour for a woman. There was this big idea at the time of a woman being accomplished. So in order to get a good husband, women would play the piano, sing, draw, paint, you know, do all these kind of things, speak other languages um, with the aim to being attractive and accomplished and gain the admiration of a suitor. Um, And obviously Elizabeth's family haven't really had much money to invest in making the girls accomplished, but... I I think it's fair to say even if they had, Elizabeth would not be that interested. She does play piano, um, not as well as Georgiana Darcy. She doesn't practice for that much. Um, And she never had a governess. um, She never took Lady Catherine's shock. um, She never learnt to draw or any of these other things. Obviously, Caroline Bingley is an example of a character who those things are very important to her because she has shaped herself based on society's definition of an accomplished woman Um, and obviously she loves to show off in front of Darcy and with her playing and her singing because in society's eyes she has um, she is the definition of um, female accomplishment but obviously the irony is in reality um, Darcy's not interested in Miss Bingley um, and he is interested in in Elizabeth which I think is Austin's way of saying you know these accomplishments are, are not um, as as good as, as people make out. They're not as important or as vital as people like to believe. And in fact, through Elizabeth's behaviour, Austen often questions what her society deems as appropriate behaviour for a woman. Now, it's worth remembering that, that back in this time, if you were a single woman, um, you wouldn't really be expected to go out on your own. So if you went to um, a local town to do some shopping, you would usually walk with a friend or a sister and you wouldn't really be seen um, alone with um, a man either. So when Elizabeth walks three miles to Neverfield in the mud to go and see Jane when Jane is ill, um, that is seen as very shocking to the sisters of Mr Bingley. Um, they both have this conversation where they say, you know, did you see her petticoat six inches deep in mud? Uh, her hair, she looked so wild. Um, and to them, they're shocked that Elizabeth would break the social rules in order to do this. Um, now, in Elizabeth's mind, and Bingley defends her as well, Uh, She does this because seeing Jane is more important than these notions of female propriety. Um, And I think it's interesting that Miss Bingley attributes it to a sort of um, independence that she speaks of quite disdainfully. But that's really Elizabeth Bennet's 
appeal to the modern reader um and obviously for austin's readers as well elizabeth represents breaking free from oppressive patriarchal traditions and definitions of women um, and i think that's why um, modern readers even though obviously we're in very different uh a different era different social rules and etiquette that we follow um, with less restrictions on women's movements i think we can still relate to that sense of a female judgment um female to female judgment on social media perhaps is the new um place in which we judge each other on our accomplishments um and also then maybe a social judgment on uh, what is acceptable for single women to to do um now moving on from this idea of what is ladylike and appropriate elizabeth actually questions her society's views on bigger topics such as marriage um elizabeth in the first half of the novel declines a proposal from mr collins um and also from mr darcy um and in fact she says i am only resolved to act in that manner which will constitute my happiness Elizabeth doesn't bow to the pressure of her mother to marry Collins, even though Collins will inherit the Bennett household upon the death of Mr. Bennett. Um, and in a sense, some people may have seen this as quite selfish of her. Um, Charlotte Lucas, on the other hand, makes the opposite decision. She sees an opportunity with Collins and she takes it with both hands. She's 27, she's a spinster, she doesn't have much chance of marrying anyone else. But actually, um, Elizabeth judges Charlotte for doing that and, and sees her decision, she disapproves of this decision, to marry based on nothing more than a desire for an establishment, a desire for a house and a desire for that status in society. Elizabeth's values for marriage are much higher than that. And I think Austen shapes the narrative so that the reader agrees. I think we are shocked at Charlotte's decision uh, to marry Collins when she knows full well what he's like. And I think we celebrate Elizabeth's rejection of Collins because we see that as the right, sensible thing for our heroine in the novel to do. Now, um, even when Elizabeth rejects Darcy, this is really at the midpoint of the novel, it shows how much Elizabeth's values differ from Austen's society. To Elizabeth, integrity is more important than 10,000 a year. Um, and at, at this point of the proposal, she believes Darcy to have wronged Wickham, um, wronged Jane, and to just be proud and very disagreeable. And she's not prepared to overcome those objections just because of his status as an aristocrat. Now, she does realise when she reads his letter that she's been blinded by her prejudice and this forms an important part of the Bildungsroman structure of the novel. Um, the, the reader mirrors Elizabeth's journey because we've been deceived by Wickham too. We've been prejudiced against Darcy too. And Austen cleverly positions us so that at the moment when we read Darcy's letter, we experience exactly the same realisation as Elizabeth, that kind of um, awareness of our own blindness and prejudice as readers, the way we shape our narratives for what we want to hear. So 
in terms of some of the points Austin's making here, she's showing a character's development and that's all part of the building's romance structure. The growth of a protagonist from innocence to experience, from um, adolescence into adulthood, um, into a state of self-knowledge and um, realisation. Um, and it's really then, once she's read the letter, um, that she realises how she has been guilty of both pride and prejudice, those two key themes that are in the title of the novel. Now, it's interesting that Darcy ha essentially is very similar to Elizabeth. He exhibits pride and prejudice as well. Um, and in this way, they complement each other really well. In fact, they need each other in order to become their best selves. And in this, I think Austen gives us a vision for marriage that is uh, of two equals um, sharing love and respect and affection, a compatibility that is way beyond um, just an economic arrangement. And so I think it, Austen uses Elizabeth to comment on society, to comment on social values, to give this ultimate vision for what marriage can be um, and ultimately she provides a female heroine who is a role model to female readers um, of the Georgian era as to what potential they could have if they didn't follow um, the path that society would set before them and if they determined like Elizabeth to um, fight for their right to happiness themselves. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests. So if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast. <laughs>